0: Nightcaps of the Living Dead.
1: Dracula is a fuckboy.
0: Hello, hello, hello. We are going to talk about... Francis Ford Coppola slash Bram Stoker slash Gary Oldman's Dracula. How do you feel about it?
1: Yes. And this is, I think, I mean, Gary Oma has recently won an Oscar, but I feel like he won the Oscar when he made this role this year.
0: He's fucking he's phenomenal. phenomenal in in he's in so good. Role. And he's sexy and then he's hideous. And I'm like, I don't care if you're a demon, monster, werewolf, bat, you're still hot. <laughs> He's he's delectable. Curious. You've always told Wait. me this movie meant a great deal to you. Not just the classic Dracula, like not just some kind of vampire fetish. You really loved this version of Dracula. Yes,
1: I saw this at a um, one of those old school movie theaters that only had like a really large one or two kind of like screenings. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside, there was like bullet holes in the doorway of the movie theater. So I remember that from my childhood. I was like, oh, I wanted to see the movie. It didn't happen when I went to see the movie, but it had happened in.
0: Speaking of, wait, there's sirens coming down my street. I'm just going to hold. I know what's going on. They're going to the
1: shooting. (laughs) They're going to the shooting.
0: Just to accentuate the This place about
1: to blow. It's been so
0: quiet all night, you know? Um,
1: yeah, so there was like a shooting that had happened a few days before, and I remember walking to the theater with the bullet holes in it.
0: So there's an element of danger about an already erotic and violent exactly, and gory movie. Exactly. Okay,
1: exactly. But this movie, to me, I always use the word is a very sensual experience. Yeah. I think it's one of the most erotic. Well, I don't know if I could call it erotic when I was that young, but sensual. Later, erotic. <laughs> maybe it was erotic. I don't know. Erotic sounds well at the same time, at around that time, Madonna's Erotica came out. So maybe it's befitting. It always
0: goes back to, Madonna. to the film, it always
1: goes back to Madonna. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think this is a very sensual film.
0: Everybody knows the story of Dracula, Francis ford Coppola really had this affinity to make this an epic film. Um, mm-hmm. Before we get into it, that reminds me, I forgot to tell you what I'm drinking tonight.
1: Oh. I
0: I'm am drinking. going to show you on the Zoom.
1: Oh, show me.
0: It's this. <gasps> it's Princess Good Sophie. are drinking.
1: Okay, guys, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Jennifer is drinking... <laughs> Sophia Coppola's wine. Is this a rosé? What is this? It
0: is the blanc. the blanc. The Blanc de Blancs.
1: I was thinking of Sophia Coppola today because she has a new movie with um, yeah, um, Rashida Jones and uh, Bill Murray.
0: We're going to check out a drive-in and try to see that movie.
1: And I watched the trailer today and I thought it was phenomenal. And I was like, oh, she's doing something different, interesting. Mm-hmm. Going back to her Lost in Translation ways. But my first impression of Sophia was The Virgin Suicides, which yeah. is the only movie adaptation I've ever seen where I literally saw on screen what I was imagining when I was reading the book. Oh, nice! Because it
0: has a very dreamy element, and the air soundtrack, and and all those actresses are so good. I mean, Kirsten Dunst and And Josh Hartnett is dreamy. Oh yeah, Josh Hartnett was like the it boy of of his time. Which, which we're gonna segue back into Bram Stoker's Dracula because something I remember from my childhood is that everybody shat on Keanu Reeves and it's true <gasps> Rewatching watching this you're like
1: oh you're trying I'm gonna your best defend but I love him. you but I'm yes yes, yes he's not really I actually one of the my major points of this rewatch was Keanu Reeves did not suck in this movie as he was much really as everybody good,
0: said he did in the 90s I agree he
1: was just as good as anyone else in this movie mm-hmm. who were all starting in their careers right we well except Anthony Hopkins, who so just won the Oscar.
0: Yeah, Anthony Hopkins was hot off of *Silence of the Lambs*, so yes. Let's get into the opening scene where Gary is uh, Vlad the Impaler. No. Yes. So Vlad has a five head in this entire thing, and I read that Gary had his like hairline shaved back Marilyn Monroe style. So because like the the real Vlad the Impaler had um, or whatever history depicts Vlad to be that. It was like a very prominent forehead. And I was like, okay, this is an interesting choice. So he has all these people on the stakes. So this is where I thought, okay, is Guillermo going to mention this? Like around this scene where it's like the bloody, everybody's on sticks. And then there's the whole love story with Mina slash Winona Ryder. And then she hears about his death. Do you know where I'm going with this?
1: no okay i I left okay
0: okay i really thought that you were going to call this out i left out so loud that she hears false news upon vlad's death Ah. and and throws herself out the window and the fact they call it false news i was just like really okay well this is a good 2020 movie to watch
1: but i did (laughs) i did write down the fact that she kills herself on the wrong, on wrong information. Pieces, but the wrong information. Yeah. Oh my God. I totally didn't get the false news yeah. thing, but I totally wrote this that it was like, why did she kill herself? It's not, he's not dead. Mm-hmm. And it's just thinking about the idea of, well, because the novel, if I want to get critical, Well, this is it's super, all about this is super the lack of information between people yeah. yeah. and communication. You know, I, you and I have talked about mm-hmm. this, even though this, Part of it is created by, by Coppola. Mm-hmm. This love story, this backstory is not in the novel. The novel is never explains to you what Dracula is doing. Mm-hmm. So the entire love story, backstory, Elizabeth thing is a creation of this movie. But it somehow works well. Um, I've taught this movie in my classes and I've always find it interesting. It's like it's the best and worst adaptation, huh. meaning it's the best because it actually follows the novel pretty closely, but it asks these entire adds, thing But I
0: think that this is like okay, if Francis Ford Coppola or another director were to adapt this to get today, I, I feel like that was his modern interpretation of just like okay. Dracula's a fuck boy. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's like, you look like my ex. I'm going to make you my ex. I'm obsessed with you. I'm going to stalk you. This is not going to end well for either of us. I'm going to ruin my life. Mm -hmm. You're going to ruin your shit. Everybody's going to think you're crazy. People will get hurt in the process. Everybody's going to tell you that I'm bad news and are you going to listen? No.
1: You know, in a way, this film is responsible for something like Twilight. Mm -hmm. It would have never existed before this movie.
0: The romanticism.
1: So... Coppola brought this element of romance into it Mm -hmm. that kind of worked because it's been in our culture since then.
0: I believe that there is a romanticism to Dracula of the fact that he was kind of like this goth guy in the dark, like this well-dressed, you know, mysterious. They always say that the trope is, you know, tall, dark, and handsome. So he's like this mysterious fellow And a little elusive and the whole thing of how he lured people to him. A lot of people wish for that, of just like, oh, I wish people would just be magnetized by me and approach me. A lot of people have that in their ego, whether they're willing to admit it consciously or not. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think people were, in Francis Ford especially, I think they were attracted to that. And I can see him drinking on his fabulous vineyard being like, you know what, this looks like blood, and I want some hot girls around me. Like, I could just see him just romanticizing Dracula and even it,
1: more. And it's wine. <laughs> my point of this movie is, you wine. know, Dracula says I never drink wine, right? He always says that in all the movies <laughs> yes. and the book. But my say to that is, like, I always drink wine.
0: <laughs> Clink. Cheers. And with that, a big gulp. I'm going to drink, too. Remember, we yeah. went to the Coppola Vineyard and
1: i know rubicon
0: oh it was so that's one of my is it napa or sonoma it's napa right
1: it's Napa, yeah. That was my oh, favorite vineyard.
0: Boy. It was really good. The, uh, guys, if you ever get up there, it's Sonoma's like cheaper and like more mom and pop. It's, it's more budget-friendly, but make your way over to, to Napa for the Francis Ford Coppola winery because they have this entire um, exhibit of his filmmaking and like these old film cameras and what inspired him and kind of his legacy in San Francisco. So if you're kind of like a nerd that likes to drink like us, it, it's a really fun day. It's not a stuffy, kind of wine tasting experience it's a really beautiful place and,
1: and the wine is great
0: and right. they shot dracula half like half of it there right they were like in england somewhere else and they shot a lot of it on well, that vineyard they, he or they were all of
1: the rehearsals the there. rehearsals were there he might have shot some of it there i'm not entirely sure but i know that he did the in, he sequestered the cast rehearsals
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's all i'm saying well
0: i gotta say he gave extra love to lucy i mean lucy's always such a good character and then i loved that they gave her this couture and so many oh scenes my God. That, she was like the lady gaga costume
1: like, design this movie won an oscar by the way yes. won three oscars this movie yes. one of them for you know she's japanese aiko ishioka oh. the costume designer of this movie who won an oscar for this movie um, it won sound editing, costumes, and makeup. It didn't win production design. It was design.
0: for acting, though. BAFTAs, I think, hit them up for acting, but it was snubbed in the acting categories as far as winning Oscars, though, correct?
1: Yes. To me, it's just a very sensual film. Yeah. The sound design is so powerful. The sound design
0: is great. The uh, way it
1: looks is so erotic
0: which is what brings it to the the horror i mean just besides there's gore in it i mean the i feel like sound design in horror films are essential more so than the makeup effects in my opinion Mm -hmm. um and that brings me to didn't realize this as a young person but obviously as an older person tom waits is renfield (laughs) yes what the what i didn't as a young person i'm like I, I don't know who this guy is and now i'm like oh my god he's a creative genius he's a cult figure and i thought what an interesting casting choice for that and he's eating his rats in a cell and Brilliant. And he, he always plays, whenever he does film work, I really appreciate, like Brad Dourif, he mm-hmm. always does this kind of like, I got something wonky and wayward about me. Like, he plays very offbeat characters. And I thought that was really phenomenal casting.
1: One of the things that this movie does is it references early cinema, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a moment when he first meets Mina where they go to the cinematograph and there's, there's that sequence where they show him in London
0: uh-huh.
1: in this kind of like stop motion. It's old.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Remember this? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then
1: they, they use the exact same thing when he's going through the mansion and he's going to eat Lucy or whatever. Uh-huh. Right. Remember this? Yes, I do. The same technique. Um,
0: do you happen to know because of, of your knowledge, like your, your education, do you know what the first, um, Camera technique was it was like something trope I can't remember, where he has it in his vineyard. You and I went, and he has that camera, and then you can see oh the see,
1: zoetrope. Wait, what, what say zoetrope, it again? Which is the name of his company? Oh,
0: there the you zoetrope, go. The
1: zoetrope, which is you go and then you see motion happening. Yeah, and that that the shot zoetrope, reminded yeah. me
0: of that. Like he paid an homage to this thing that inspired him to do his film career. So
1: so because. The novel takes place around the same time that cinema was born. He tries to pay homage to the idea of cinema being born as a medium. Huh. And it's in the storyline, right? When he meets Mina and all that. So
0: I'm going to throw it back to the part, adaptation of Real Day. Like somebody's filming them on their iPhone. So somebody's filming them on
1: exactly
0: the stealer <laughs> <the Zealot> trope. <laughs> it,
1: absolutely. We can connect this to present day.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I'm gonna go with that. Um so And especially when, when he's he- like come to me. It's like he's sliding in her DMs. Yes <laughs> Come to me.
1: <laughs> yes. I love this yes, yes. He uses early cinema technique to depict this story about eroticism at the end of the day because yeah he called it a love story but it's a sex story mm-hmm. i thought this movie's about the eroticism of cinema itself
0: mm-hmm. okay so it's about it's very appeal- seductive okay okay
1: the way film eroticizes reality mm-hmm. so this very much an erotic film cinema itself is erotic right. as a, and you as can become medium. its
0: slave and it can there can be a bdsm element too it can
1: exactly make so you like, feel like shit and control me.
0: you or you're like yes do it whip me it. <laughs> i'll sacrifice my entire thing for you like i totally see that analogy i want to say like with this cancel culture that's going on everybody's being so filtered and repressed that when you do see kind of erotica you're like, well, what's going on here? And it is very sexual. And I think that a lot of younger people's eyes have been filtered. So whenever they see this for the first time, they are clutching their pearls. But yet they've seen porn. So their, their train of thought, I think, goes to like hardcore, Skinamax, the movies. I mean, of course Skinamax doesn't even I just dated myself. Oh I my know God. exactly.
1: They like, don't understand what Skinamax is.
0: Yeah, it's just like porn club right? or or just like online um what is it fans only? Like they have this different approach to sexuality that we did coming up. So seeing this like yeah the women are, you know, more sexual in this film than the men, but nobody feels exploited, in my opinion. And to me, that's the marker of a non-feminist film. Everybody kind of just feels like they're getting their fuck on. <laughs> Everybody seems good Exciting. with it. You know? <laughs> like,
1: And in fact, they're shocking the guys with their... I think Lucy's is this kind of... Lucy of, is
0: like fucking me fuck I'm me, like me. free like, and rich. Yeah.
1: I can fuck whoever I want. I have all the money in the world.
0: Right. But it's not so a she feminist She has freedom now.
1: Of, of, of sensuality right. and money. Right. And the men just have to deal with that. Yeah. Which is a very unusual. And point and they of even view, make this point right? when
0: Carrie, our, our happy salt anniversary, Carrie, <laughs> Elvis. Oh. When, um,
1: he saw his... I know there's so many people in this movie. There's
0: so many people. Yeah, so so he's, Jennifer he's, and
1: I met on Saw 1 with <laughs> Carrie Elby's stars on as well as the Princess Bride. But this is... Oh my God, yes. Carrie always is a part of movie history. He in really is. Ways. He's
0: an iconic he really roles. But, but the point that I want to make is that he rolls up on the horse to go see Lucy after she's been bitten and she's sick. He is on on the horse and the guy's telling him a dirty joke and he's like ha ha you better watch your tongue like you, you want to hear them like he says something i'm just like mm, you're saying this in bad taste is it uh,
1: billy campbell the yes, yes yes
0: and he's, he's just like you're saying this in bad taste like what's your fucking problem i mean he was a he was a feminist ally he was great and but then also for carrie later at the end whenever um he has to kill lucy like he she's dead they're mourning her and he's with like the posse and they have to like smash the coffins and they go find her Mm -hmm. and um and she you know lucy dies he's upset and they see her coming back in her beautiful gown and pale beautiful face and she has a child in her arms and they're like we gotta kill her like she's she's gonna eat this child in my head like i was drinking of course while i was watching this and i just kept on thinking like this is the new supreme court nominee (laughs) she's going to kill more women you have to kill her now so he comes back and then the men are like what do we do what do we do i mean this sucks but we we got to get rid of her and um and also it reminded me of rbg i'm just like she's not even dead in the ground and people are just like trying to decide what to do i'm just like it reminded me so much of the supreme court situation just because it's fresh so anyways sadie gets you know in the coffin they they like anthony hopkins hot off of sands of the lamps he's van helsing and he instructs her uh instructs carrie anthony hopkins instructs carrie to put the spike into her and then to chop off her head, to like get it done. So now we're understanding the process of what it takes to get rid of this person. And once again, kept thinking about the Supreme Court nominee and these conversations that must have happened behind closed doors, but also for Carrie of, he takes excellent direction, which will later be seen and Saw, <laughs> <About> to <laughs> mutilate people. He's typecast.
1: He's following structure I mean, I saw the exact same thing.
0: Mm. Whenever Gary kind of like, okay, we have Renfield and everything, and he wants eternal life, then he sees Winona Ryder, and he's just like, oh, you bitch. like He knows that that Dracula is going to give her eternal life and not him, even though he's been a servant to him. It's kind of like violating the bros before hoes code. That's what I saw. Yes, yes. So then there's a scene soon after where they had like this – Beautiful, like sexy moment, and he's gonna turn her, and um, when he does that, yes, right? yeah, 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 and um, and he's like all beautiful, and he's just you know confessing his love for her, and it's like very sexy, and then it bothered me because he did like once again the nagging thing. He's such a fuck boy. He turns around, he's like, no, but I can't, like commitment issues and whatever and like what, what are you doing and now she's begging for it like please turn me the only other option is death and he's like oh this girl is crazy <laughs> so um all that goes down and when the boys come in that you have anthony hopkins as van helsing and and her love and everybody else the doctor they they bash in because they're like they're ready to kill dracula uh, we see what they see and he's like the big demon seven foot crazy ass monster and so he's no longer the beautiful seductress thing which shows you you know what you're saying earlier the seduction of film like some people see it with a hazy beautiful lens and other people see it as like this is a devil industry what the fuck you know what i mean and um and then he turns into the rats which is in the book right like there's this whole trip with vampires turning into bats and creatures snakes and whatever um but that scene just always kind of bothered me it was very Odd. I just didn't like it.
1: Her agency is diminished. Yeah. In these sequences. All of this happens in the novel, right? Right. So yeah. There's yeah, nothing yeah. inaccurate. Right. Except everything that's related to the romantic storyline, right? So every time you see them interacting in a romantic way, that never happened. But when they show up, and the big guy shows up, that all happened mm-hmm. in the novel. But you know. We don't have to be faithful to a novel at this point. There's been so many movies um, to have that novel. This is the only one, by the way, that includes the character of Quincy, the, the Texan. Oh! The only adaptation. Hmm. Never been included.
0: Hmm. So I didn't know that. Wow.
1: Whatever you want to think of that, the American inclusion into the storyline. This is the only adaptation that you get, and it's actually very accurate for huh. what happens at the end and everything. When he's the one who kills Dracula, right, right, and then dies, um, which I to this day don't know what that means, but it's in the novel, it's very weird. Wait, Quincy's the, the one, very and weird. But
0: related to the movie, so he puts it through the, puts the stake through Dracula because at the end, Winona has to like dig it through and then chop off his head. Okay.
1: Yes. So the part that the happens that outside, outside the, the p-
0: castle. Okay. It's
1: very, it's realistic. Huh. The part inside the castle is added by, by Coppola. Hmm. So everything that happens outside where like, Oh, the exchange between Jonathan Harker and the knife. And they say oh, that all is, is, is very accurate to the novel. Mm-hmm. The, everything that's relates to the romantic storyline is not in the novel. It's like almost like he treats it. It's like it was deleted from the novel. Because remember how she used to show her throwing pages mm-hmm. into the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's because the novel is an epistolary novel. You're just seeing entries from people's diaries and letters and whatnot. Right. So a couple of ideas like, oh, well, there were all these deleted things from the storyline. Mm-hmm. So he's adding them in, but whenever you see something that's in the novel, it's very accurate. Mm-hmm. He's just adding little parts, but in that when you talk about the end, I love the fact Keanu Reeves' character is very aware of what Mina is going through, and he says, "No, it's their turn now. We got to figure this out."
0: I agree with that. Yeah, I I really thought that was a special. Moment. I thought that was really well written, and I actually liked how he pr- portrayed that.
1: Exactly. He's very. He knows his keen. girl is
0: checked out and she's on this other journey, but he loves her so much. And then also and knows like, yeah, what needs to be needs done. She needs to figure this
1: out on her own. Like, let her go
0: on her walkabout. Let her go on her like, girl's this trip. Is, <laughs> I mean, this is not, you know. Okay, let's wrap this up. So, the climatic yes. scene for Dracula, they just like. Dog pile him, um, stab him. Wynonna has to choose Gary over Keanu. And then she's in there in this beautiful, you know, in the foyer with the stained glass, which is very much like the Coppola Vineyard. And, mm-hmm. and she says like, our love is stronger than death. And it has like that twilight kind of hokey feel. Um, and she gets the sword and she, it kills her as much as it kills him. And, you know, she has to, chop his head off and of course we get beautiful gorgeous sexy gary oldman and not demon bat boy space buns (laughs) dracula gary oldman um and so we're supposed to just kind of like be more invested in their love story and he goes to death looking up at the stained glass window of like their love story of her and him through the ages so it kind of turned like it was a little all over the place you know of Mm -hmm. is it about his obsession with her is it about the beautiful mystique of being a vampire is it about this repressed sexuality there were a lot of elements but it was all gorgeous to look at and i was immersed by it. i I really liked it i feel like it should have ended i mean i know it's bram stoker slash coppola's dracula but the ending is very different I would have made it at the end where she had to kill Dracula like for her own peace. And then she goes and pieces out with Keanu because he's been with her through all this crazy shit. Which is the original
1: ending, by the way.
0: That's what it should be
1: i will send you the deleted thing yeah that's exactly how it ends i did
0: not see that she goes
1: out the door it's a choice of like thanks for being
0: with me through this really difficult and hard time and this really awful guy was with me and you were very patient so thank you i don't know
1: that that was the original ending
0: interesting that's exactly what it was um just to wrap that up we gotta talk about the credits and the song that plays over it (gasps)
1: <laughs> yes, Annie Lennox. Although I actually wrote said that Annie Lennox love song for a vampire. One of my f- most amazing, triggery songs of all times. I love this song. It's a it's really striking
0: song. It's with her vocals, and and you just know who's singing it. So you automatically get that visual of like this very pale beautiful dramatic woman is singing to you and she's has kind of like this wine slash vibrato bringing you in. It's a perfect song to end the movie. Wine. (laughs) And on that, we're going to, I'm going to have my Coppola wine. You're going to have your Skyfall and you got to love a director that puts out his own wine. I hope that you do that someday, Guillermo. Like, I mean,
1: our hopes in life is to be exactly like Francis for Coppola. By the way, we never even talked that much about him. Francis Coppola is one of my favorite directors of all times. He's one of the loveliest human beings, and I want his life. Yeah. From Oscar-winning Apocalypse Now, Godfather, to and fighting wineries, the studios.
0: Fighting the studios. to movies. Yeah.
1: Fighting the studios. He's always been his own man, and he's still making movies, which I just read. He's doing another movie,
0: and he's, also, can you imagine his Thanksgiving? I, I have no idea how like, old he is, but he's <laughs> like Jason a Schwartzman years old. and Nicholas Cage are coming to dinner. Like, can you imagine what kind of fights erupt with that? I feel like he just has a really fabulous life. I love that, but more I importantly, that. I,
1: that's what I want for my life. Coppola is my model for life. Oh. You make movies and you make wine, and you have all these people around you i don't
0: know right i mean there's no michael bay chardonnay coming out anytime soon so it goes to show (laughs) he knows what he's doing and has talent all right guys thanks for listening to us here's a love song for a vampire thanks for listening bye